as we age, we have many things to feel guilty or scared about and many things that evoke anxiety. But what we put on our skin should not be one of them. Welcome to the 40 as fuck podcast, the podcast for anyone who has looked in the mirror and thought, how the hell am I 40? Welcome to 40 as fuck. I'm your host, Sydney Moreau. I am so glad to have you back on this podcast today. Here we talk about what it's like to get older in a filtered world far from reality. Social media is notoriously inauthentic, and this podcast is about showing up authentically and revealing all of the lies that we've been told, whether it be through skincare or aging. It's about giving ourselves permission to be 40, to not have to look 20 on Instagram. If we're always being sold and we don't actually know what the truth is, we're just kind of running from one product or one scenario to another, and we're not showing up as we are. I want to answer a question that I got from a listener this week. And that question was, why did I start this podcast if I had started a skincare brand? It is kind of counterintuitive to be talking about skincare and busting these myths when I do actually have a skincare brand where I am actively selling products. But this podcast isn't about that. When I began to see these marketing myths become unraveled, and these were ideas and myths that I had fallen for myself. I believed the skincare companies, I believed influencers, I believed what they were telling me about my skin or the products that I needed. So much of what we've been told is marketing. It is just so important to get that out there. Whether or not you buy products from Sephora or Target, I think that we have to be our own advocates. So that is what this podcast is all about. Okay, so with that said, I'm excited to get on to our topic, which is about clean beauty and how clean beauty uses marketing to instill fear in us and what it is about us and our neurochemistry that triggers us to buy these products or not necessarily buy clean beauty products, but to not buy another product, say a conventional product. To get started, we're going to talk about the Amazon rainforest. In the Amazon rainforest, the animals will listen and respond to the warning signals and sounds from any other animal, no matter what the species is. So a bird will listen and react and ultimately take cover from a warning sound that a monkey makes when it sees a predator. Even more closely to home, a squirrel will do the same thing when it hears the calls of a bird if there's a predator in sight. When the coast is clear, though, animals are totally biased. Animals who trusted the other species for their survival and took cover will only trust their own species calls to resume normal activity once the predator has left. I want you to ask yourself if we as humans are any different than these animals in the rainforest or the squirrels in the tree. We'd all like to think so, of course. In fact, as humans, we are absolutely no different. Our brains are wired to hold on to the negative at double the rate of anything positive. There's actually a term for this in neuroscience. It's called the negativity bias. Just like the animals in the wild who are listening for clues to survive and avoid threats, this negativity bias comes from our own ancestors who were fighting for their own survival in cave dwellings. Luckily, our modern world has prevented us from being eaten by a tiger, but we still interpret these same negative threats just the same, and this negative threat will carry double the weight of anything positive. 
we are less likely to hold on to anything positive and more likely to only remember and listen to the negative. There's some really great examples of this in our in our everyday world. Take, for instance, political ads. When a campaign runs an ad for their candidate, they don't generally emphasize the positive. Research and poll results show that the most significant impact comes from actually highlighting something negative about the opponent, not emphasizing anything positive about themselves. What this tells us is that the negativity bias puts a greater weight over the negative aspects of any event, product, or person. And this negativity bias 100% impacts the choices and the risks that we're willing to take. This negativity bias is not always founded in facts. It's usually an emotional response, which makes sense because our ancestors were very emotional about staying alive. The negativity bias served an important role, but it doesn't necessarily serve us now. Studies confirm that we fear the consequences of an adverse outcome way more than the potential positive gains, meaning we have an overall stronger negative reaction to losing $20 than we do a positive reaction to gaining $20.50. So where does this all come into clean beauty? Well, first I want to start by telling you this. In college, I studied dietetics, which I chose based on a lifelong obsession with food, nutrition, and cooking and fitness, which I still have, by the way. However, what I found as I dove deeper into my studies was this major obstacle of overcoming the misinformation that surrounds health and nutrition. So much of your time as a dietitian is spent undoing the damage from belief systems that we hold onto, as well as the marketing of health products. This is not any different than in the skincare world, which is ironic because this is the very thing that I aim to avoid by not becoming a a registered dietitian. I do think that in the beginning, the clean beauty movement was about challenging the status quo, which is definitely a good thing. But what happened next is what I call clean beauty's dirty little secret. The term clean beauty means so many different things to so many people. Depending on who you ask, I guarantee you, you will get a different answer. To some, it means purity or chemical-free, preservative-free, natural, botanical, sustainable, safe. It could go on and on and on. There are so many different terms that are used. In addition to not having a benchmark or a standard for clean beauty, the claims that many clean beauty brands make are reckless and aimed at doing one thing, and that's evoking fear in the consumer. Terms like essentially unregulated or toxic chemicals or endocrine disruptive or cancer causing are incredibly scary terms to use when describing other products. And of course, we're going to be scared when we hear terms like that. How could you not be? I want to be really clear. I too believed that I was in fact hurting myself or my family by using conventional products. I would search out organic sunscreen. I thought essential oils were better for my skin. I used natural products wherever possible. And I did search for chemical-free skincare, which is simply crazy. Everything in our world is a chemical. Clean beauty brands are not solely responsible for the marketing claims that we are being told. There is a large amount of this information or misinformation that comes from influencers, and it can be just as damaging as the brands that are producing this information. The people that we trust are just like the animals in the rainforest. 
they're the only ones that can essentially call off this perceived threat of conventional products, but we have to be willing to listen. It wasn't until after working closely with formulators and chemists that I began to see that I had fallen for maybe one of the greatest marketing scams of all time. As I was developing our brand, I asked a lot of questions and I would take their answers to those questions and I would go back and do my own research. I wanted to make sure that whatever I was putting in our products was safe. I wanted to make sure it was safe for myself, but I also wanted to make sure that it was safe for my family. As a skincare company and a person who believed in the myth of clean beauty, I was terrified that conventional ingredients would cause more harm than good. After all, the whole premise of clean beauty is to imply that conventional products or ingredients are dirty or bad. But with certainty, what my formulators were telling me was very much backed by research. There's this idea in the clean beauty industry that it is unregulated and pretty much a free-for-all, that you can put whatever you want into any product. I actually believe this, but I can tell you that there is very, very specific regulations about what goes into a product, and the products are very much regulated. We've also been exposed to the claim that 60% of the products that we apply on our skin is absorbed into our bodies. Our skin isn't like a kitchen sponge. It's actually very difficult for ingredients to penetrate deep into our skin, so much so that there are researchers dedicated to finding ways to get the products to actually go in a little bit deeper. And it's very difficult because our skin is so good at what it does. As an organ, our skin's job is to keep things out. If our skin was this penetratable, tattoos would be drawn on and Botox could just be a cream. But swimming in a swimming pool would probably be deadly. These are just a few generalizations that are used by clean beauty. And there are many, many more. And there are actually specific ingredient claims as well. I know I keep saying this, but this isn't about swaying you to use one product or another. This is more a reminder that marketing has one purpose, and that is to persuade you to buy something over another product. And as consumers who aren't that far removed from our ancestors avoiding the tiger, we are instinctually trained to hear the negative over the positive. As we age, we have many things to feel guilty or scared about, and many things that evoke anxiety, but what we put on our skin should not be one of them. Brands are taking advantage of your desire to be healthy and provide a healthy life for your children when they use the clean beauty marketing claims. We have to be open to new information and we have to be able to assess it critically. We need to be able to make choices for ourselves, not out of an emotional response, which clean beauty marketing does because it evokes fear. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which is to serve only as a primer, because we are going to be diving deeper into this topic with experts far more astute than I, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste because clean beauty is everywhere right now, and I want to assure you that the products that you're using, whether they're clean beauty or they're conventional, are perfectly fine, and if you like any product, keep using it. Don't feel the pressure to change or use your products differently because of what you are being told. Okay, guys, well, that is it for now, and I look forward to next week's episode. Have a great week.